Hi, I'm Michael, and I'm a part of the Alex Park Missional Community. Um, and I like the game Two Truths and a Lie. And so we're going to play that right now. The game consists of me saying two truths and a lie, and you've got to guess which one's are true and which, one's, uh, which one the lie is. So, first truth, wink wink, is I have left a plastic bag behind the bar which is full of chocolate. Second truth, I have left a bag of chocolate underneath Rachel Evans' chair. Third truth, I've left a plastic bag underneath that chair with a blue bag that's got an embarrassing fact, a very embarrassing fact about Mike Lehan. So we have chocolate behind the bar, chocolate underneath Rachel Evans, and embarrassing stuff about Mike Lehan in a bag underneath a blue bag under that chair. Right, guess which one is true. Does anyone want to have a guess at a true one? Yes. <laughs> so you want an embarrassing fact about Mike? Yes. In which case, you want to find that little red bag. Um, so at this point, the preacher normally says, "I've asked the person for permission to say this thing. I definitely didn't." Um, it's because it's a lie. Um, kind of unfortunately, you didn't go for the true ones first because that means you missed out on some chocolate. So let's move on, and I'll have the chocolate. Great. Um, most people like truth. Um, few people like lies. Uh, but the question is, do we like honesty? Uh, there was potentially going to be some pretty revealing things for Mike there. And I'm not sure, with me being honest for him, I'm not sure how he would have actually felt about that. Um, truth is a state of fact. But honesty involves revealing truth that we don't necessarily want to be revealed. What about when the truth is about Jesus' love for us? We love that truth, otherwise we probably wouldn't be here right now. Um, but I'm not just talking about honesty in which you speak, I'm talking about honesty um, in which you live out too. As we read through some of these ideas on honesty um, in the Bible, I'm asking you to be honest and share your brokenness and share your Christ-given wholeness with others. It works. Great. Firstly, share your truth. Um, Proverbs 12, 17 says, An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. We have honesty and we have falsehood. Honesty is the truth, as falsehood is to lies. And we're going to focus on truth for a bit, as this first point is, share your truth. So honesty is revealing is the revealing of truth. It's the sharing of truth. If you want to live honestly, then you must share your truth. Why should we be honest anyway? We've just read Ephesians 4:25, uh, which says, "Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbour, for we are all members of one body." Being that we are of one body, imagine a body that lied, one part of it lied to another part. Um, the hypothalamus in the brain, I feel like it's back here, is that right? You don't know your brain, do you, Josh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, the hypothalamus, it regulates body temperature, it does other stuff, but it regulates body temperature. If your hypothalamus lied to the rest of your body and it said that it was, uh, it, the body was hot, when in fact it was cold, um, you probably want to shed some layers, 
maybe go outside to cool down, maybe have a cold drink. Uh, you'd probably sweat, in which you'd lose water, and it would take heat with it. Um, and that would be quite damaging for the body, because the, the body's cold. And so harm would come to that body. It isn't healthy for the body to have parts that lie to it to other parts. And it is healthy for us, to be honest, for each of us, as parts of that body, to, sh- to be honest with each other by sharing the truth. Questions I want you to ask yourself include, do I want to live honestly? Do I want to live honestly with the church? If the answer is no, then ask yourself, do I believe I'm a part of a unified body with the church? Am I okay with the unrestored damage? If the answer was yes, which area of my life am I not being honest? Imagine there was a pack that contained uh, things about your life. It contained messages that you'd sent. It contained recordings, pictures, whatever, anything about your life that the church didn't know about. And as you walked through that door this morning, and as you walked towards your chair, you noticed that pack. It would be horrible, I know. That pack sat on your chair, but you didn't just notice that. You saw that same pack on everyone else's chair. And at this point in the sermon... I asked for everybody to open up that pack. Uh, What would be in it? What truth would people see about you? And why is the body not already aware of it? Are you ashamed? That shame is going to keep you from being a part of a healthy body. If you're in pain, then be honest and share that truth. As I keep using the body analogy, if a foot is in pain and doesn't tell the brain, then the body will just keep walking on it. Share your pain, as the body can help. Maintain dishonesty and the body will be damaged. So can you see damage in the church through any area in which you've not spoken up? Let me put a little disclaimer in here. Sharing your truth doesn't always mean saying everything. We should be open and honest. But considering how that benefits the body, particularly with gossip, to be honest doesn't mean to say everything to everyone. It does mean to think about how it will benefit the body. Um, As Josh and I were chatting about this last week, he very profoundly put it this way. Um, He said, um, in in speaking to this person about this third party, in speaking to them, am I having them join me? Am I trying to have them join me in thinking less of this person? Do I want them also to think less of this third party? Or am I trying to build them up? And so if we are to be sharing our truth with others, because we are unified as a body... Make sure you are being honest in your motives. Aim to build up the body in truth you say and do. Lastly, when sharing your truth, know what kind of person you are. Are you most likely to err on the side of caution caution and not say enough? Or are you likely to say too much? Um, And as you say something to someone, as those words come out of your mouth, you just kind of think, that wasn't that edifying of that person. You might be somewhere in the middle, but either way, 
if you are coming at it from a knowledge of your brokenness, you will ensure that your motives are building up the church in truth. And so we come to our second point. Share your brokenness. And I'm going to split this into three. I've got, um, firstly, all are broken. And then secondly, accountability for the broken. And then thirdly, stories of the broken. So all are broken. Proverbs 14, verse 5 says, An honest witness does not deceive, but a false witness pours out lies. The bad news is that as we have or do lie, we are false witnesses. We are liars. I can't remember the first time I lied, but I certainly remember scrambling under the dining room table uh, with some scissors. Uh, I was hiding because I knew I was doing something wrong. Um, but I had, this, I had this kind of tuft on the back of my head. <laughs> and my mum said that uh, it was just a part of my hair and I mean it wasn't that big but um, it was just a part of my hair and if I removed it I'd have a bald patch I don't seem to have that problem now um, <laughs> but um, so I went under the dining room table and I you know snip snip um, and then when I came up from the table my uncle walked in and was like oh somebody's been cutting their hair I don't know how he noticed well, he probably didn't I had the hair in my hand I don't know but um, then my mum walked in and she said Michael I told you not to do that I just not believed her. Um, and my response was, it was rubbish attempt at lying. I was just like, I, I didn't cut my hair. <laughs> um, but we lie all the time. You probably prayed something including this. Father God, thank you for saving me and buying my freedom. My life is yours. Do with my life what you will. And then every time uh, we live in a way that puts ourselves in charge rather than God... We're lying. We're living in deceit. We are liars. Proverbs 25 verse 18 says, Like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against a neighbour. These weapons, clubs, swords and arrows are designed to damage, to harm. They are violent. And this is a verse telling us that lying is damaging. All are broken and cause brokenness. And that's not what I meant when I said share your brokenness. Don't in your broken state break others. And Jesus goes one step further in John 8 verse 44. He says, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Whoa. We are all so broken that Jesus is saying, our father is the devil. And in our lies and deceit, we speak the devil's native tongue. That is broken. And when I said share your brokenness, I meant two things. Firstly, we need accountability uh, for the broken. Um, and secondly, we should all tell stories of the broken. So, um, as the broken, we need accountability. James 5 verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
If we are honest and open our lives up to each other and talk and show our sin to each other, there is healing. Jesus joined us into a body together that we might function as one and support each other. And the result is healing. Think about whether you want healing for yourself and for the people around you. When I meet up with a mate uh, who often holds me accountable, um, I've sometimes got something in my mind that I don't want him to ask. Um, And that is, in fact, the thing I need to share. That is my brokenness that I need to put on display because my pride is is getting in the way of that. Do you ever get that? Where you, you meet up with a Christian friend and... There's just something on your mind that you don't want them to ask. Because that's, that's your brokenness and they don't need to see that. <laughs> they don't need to see that you're a mess inside. Again, that's just pride that's going to get in the way of the healing. We've already seen that all are broken. So are you worried that be, about being judged by them? All are broken. Are you worried that you've talked about it before and there's been no healing since? Because all are broken. Are you worried that you said you'd pray about it and you never did? Because all are broken. Are you worried that you can't heal on your own? Or that it looks like your relationship with Jesus isn't close enough if you can't handle it just you and him? To that, listen to Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 to 12. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labour. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Those verses in a few different ways uh, are telling us not to do it on our own. If you isolate yourself, how will, you, how will anyone pick you up if you fall? Without someone close, how will they encourage you in your faith? Someone to help you in the battle with sin is going to be so much more effective than you doing it on your own. Share your brokenness because we need accountability for healing and the brokenness of others. If you don't want to ask that awkward question, if you don't accept that you might need to confront some, someone on an issue in their life, then you're living like you're satisfied with brokenness. Don't be satisfied or content with brokenness. Pursue wholeness. And in your core groups, or where it's appropriate in, in your missional communities, or even here on a Sunday, ask and talk and share in the brokenness of others. Obviously, that doesn't mean saying, shouting across church, Gertrude, how's that thieving going? You nicked any cars recently? No, because I know that you were struggling with, with theft. No? Obviously. But um, that is, that is, you still need to actually talk to each other about, about your brokenness. You don't have to wait until uh, your missional community group leaders said, share this thing, say that now. Do it yourself. You don't have to wait until on a Wednesday you finish eating. You can even have a deep conversation while eating Christina's baked diseasy. 
And the last I want us to take from knowing we are all broken is we should tell stories of the broken. 1 John 1 verse 3 says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. In John's writing here, he talks about the truth that him and others have seen and heard. And that he writes those words so that others will know that truth that was proclaimed to him. That he is broken. John's writing as a broken person to a bunch of broken people. And 2,000 years later, a whole other load of broken people are reading it. And having seen and heard this ourselves, we're going to go and try and share that brokenness with others. Those that don't need Jesus, they need the same truth that we see and hear. And so it can't be, you are broken. It has to be, we are broken. We want people to join this body, um, as John wanted others to join the fellowship. So the question is, how do we do that in a way that they know it comes from a brokenness? It's easy for people to think that Christians um, are excessively proud of ourselves. That Christians see themselves as better than those around them. Um, a month or two ago, we had the great Chilton get-together. And when I'd said I was from Redeemer Church, I was asked, um, why do you want to redeem people? And that wasn't asked as, oh, you're redeemed. Fantastic. And you even want to share uh, with me that, to, to redeem me. Ah, oh. it, was, it was said as, why do you think you're better than everyone? Why, why have you got the answers? And that is a real-world perspective. And in answer to that, we can only speak and live honestly. We share our brokenness. We should tell stories of our brokenness. And that can mean literally telling stories with our words, um, but also, and, and more so, with our actions. Only in humility, only in getting alongside people, doing the things that they see as important, Showing that we've got time to spend uh, helping the homeless because we are as broken as those without homes. Showing that we've got time to set up tables um, at markets for non-profit um, products and services because we're as broken as the people in the other stalls and the people that we're serving. Only on giving an hour after a, after a park run to count out those finished tokens one. Has anyone got two? Oh, I've got two. Three? Three? For an hour. They see that as important. We should see that as important as well, and we should do that with them. And not just in telling Batel that we're praying for them, but next week actually eating with and worshipping with um, a lot of people that have got serious drug addictions. Because we are as broken as those that have had their jobs and their health and their relationships fall apart because of drugs. Let me encourage you. There was a Saturday a couple of weeks back where the two from the Chilton Central Missional Community went to uh, Chilton Green Market and they went there basically on their own because they set up and there was one other stall holder. Um, it was raining and so no one came for Redeemer to make any badges for them. Um, but in that state, how broken would you have looked? 
that would have maybe been an appropriate circumstance for that other stallholder to have that conversation about Jesus while sharing in your brokenness. And when we find ourselves being able to talk to people about Jesus, we need to be able to do that, sharing our brokenness. So Greg encourages us uh, as we meet up in the week to tell our stories to each other. And not only does that help us get to know each other uh, better so that we're more aware of how we can love each other on a more personal level, it also helps us practice our, our fluency in talking about brokenness. If someone asked you about your faith, do you know what you'd say? Practice it. Let's continue to share our brokenness as a church um, that when we talk to unbelievers about Jesus, it is in fact Jesus that we're glorifying and nothing else. That our brokenness comes from us and our wholeness comes from him. So my last heading is uh, share your wholeness. Psalm 24, uh, verse 3 to 5 says, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god? They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God their Saviour. Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Which just means to have relationship with God. Who will have relationship with God? At first you look at this and think, the one who has clean hands and a pure heart. Ah, well that's not me. We've just figured that I'm broken. And that I'm condemned by my lies. Wait, isn't, isn't everyone broken? Who are these people with clean hands and a pure heart? Well, the following verse, verse 6 says, Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. Whew. You just need to seek the truth. And then verse 5, They will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, their Saviour. Key words in this verse include the word receive, uh, receive because this blessing is given to us by God. Uh, the word vindication means to be cleared of blame. Um, so our lies are, are removed from us. We're, we're no longer liars. Uh, we aren't called liars anymore. Instead, we're associated with the truth. Uh, and then the word saviour, meaning we are saved from brokenness into wholeness. And just to drive that home, verse 4, it said, Who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god? That means in your pursuit of God, don't trust in the lies that brought about, brought about by idols and false gods. Don't trust in that fake stuff, um, but turn um, to the truth where there is wholeness. There's our wholeness. And we look at sharing our wholeness. Ephesians verse 4, uh, verses 15 and 16 read, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. So we're back to the idea of the church being the body of Christ and we're told to speak the truth in love. 
to what end? Verse 15, we will grow to become every respect the mature body. We're to grow into the mature body, which means in its full, fully developed and final form, speaking the truth in love is how we do this. Share your wholeness. So how do we do that? We know where our wholeness comes from. Let's live honestly about that. If we live following lies like materialism, uh, tell us then we won't give our money and our, and our things to those in need. We won't want to let go of them because then we won't be whole. And in that we tell people um, that money and, and stuff what makes us whole. Instead we give generously to say that only Jesus can remove our brokenness and make us whole. If we live following lies like having free time will make us whole, then we won't be seen generously giving that time at the markets or at the park run. If Christians aren't seen uh, giving, that, giving that time and investing in charity like, like others do, then we just confirm prejudice. Instead, we give our time and say, Jesus makes us whole. And when we worship with Battelle next week, we hang around with people that feel like outcasts and feel like failures and we say to them that it's not reputation, it's not a lack of addictions, it's not who you hang around with that makes you whole. It's Jesus. If we live for lies like marriage will fix us, then we live despising our spouse for inevitably not making us whole. Ensuring that they know you're better than them is not going to make us whole. It's not going to make them whole either. Instead, we forget their transgressions when they apologise. Reflect less on the brokenness of your spouse and point them to the wholeness um, they find in Christ. And couples live honestly by not hiding the difficulty in marriage. Instead, model what it looks like for two broken people made whole by Christ to speak the truth in love to one another. And despite knowing otherwise, single people will live similarly, thinking that marriage is the answer. But don't encourage them to find happiness in singleness either, because that's, that's the same lie. Only their relationship with Jesus is where their wholeness comes from. Another big one for couples and those that are single, uh, when we live like having kids will fix us. <laughs> or the kids we've got, if we give them a, a full life full of great opportunities, that will bring wholeness to us. And they won't ever struggle with the brokenness that we struggled with. <laughs> it's rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Their success won't make you whole. Their respect won't make you whole. Model to your children that Christ makes us whole. And only his vindication, his salvation and his blessing will make us whole. So share your truth. Living and speaking honestly by sharing what's going on in your life. Share your brokenness that you wouldn't be communicating a lie to people, that you wouldn't miss out the part that your lies condemn you and you're in the same boat as everyone else. 
share your brokenness so that those that don't know Jesus can see the effect that he's had on your life and the effect that he can have on theirs. Share your wholeness so that the church grows in maturity as one unified body, the sum of many broken parts joined together by Christ to live with Jesus. And so we come to the table and we remember that Jesus was broken so that we could be made whole. And his blood was poured out so that our lies could be removed from us. And we're no longer liars. But we can be in fact... um, joined by him into a unified body alive and whole and sharing with that joy uh, with everyone Um, as Liz and Tim come and play three songs um, if you're a believer come up uh, take some bread dip it in the wine um, while while we sing Um, if you're not a believer I want to ask that you refrain from doing this one just because we don't want you to say that you believe something that you don't Uh, but instead think about whether you are broken and whether Jesus can give you wholeness. Let me pray.